Welcome to the Talking Tenancies podcast, brought to you by the Residential Tenancies Authority. I'm your host, Belinda Hyde. Join me as we explore everything you need to know about renting in Queensland with experts from the RTA and industry. We're here to help make renting work for everyone. A rental property is a tenant's home. During a tenancy, the property manager or owner may need to enter for various reasons. For example, to conduct a general inspection, to carry out repairs or allow potential tenants or buyers to view the property. However, under all circumstances, it is important to respect the tenant's privacy and ensure their consent or permission for entry has been granted in advance. Today, our expert for the podcast is Sam Gaylor, Manager of Customer Experience from the RTA. Welcome, Sam. Thank you for having me. Now, um, you work in our uh, call centre, in our customer experience area, uh, so no doubt you get a lot of calls on do's and don'ts of entry. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we probably more commonly get the uh, the calls about the don'ts and the <laughs> why have they and can they do this. Yes, and we're about to cover all of those in this episode Now, gaining entry to a rental property can be a sensitive issue because a rental property is essentially a tenant's home and their privacy and quiet enjoyment within the property should be respected. That said, there are times when entry is required to carry out repairs and maintenance discussed previously or for general inspections to comply with legislative obligations and reporting requirements to the property owner as well. So, Sam... What is an entry notice? Mm. Uh, An entry notice is a really important document. Uh, It's a formal piece of communication that lets the tenant know when the the managing party or a nominated tradesperson or a property manager uh, essentially uh, is looking to enter the home Mm -hmm. and the reason why they're looking to enter. Okay, and there's a, a certain amount of notice that they need to give for different things too, which we'll cover as well, right? Yes, that's correct. So it's a, it's a Form 9, it's an entry notice. Uh, there's copies available on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, the And we will talk, as you said, about uh, some of the requirements around entry. Yep. But it's all on the form and it's you mentioned about uh, some really important points about the difference between it being someone's home and also someone's property. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, these are really important uh, points to be aware of. Now, I remember when I was a tenant and I would get these notices and uh, they'd come in the mail and I'd j- just cringe. I, I hated <laughs> them. Um, so, what are some of the common reasons for entering the property and how much notice is required? Yeah, and uh, I don't think you're alone <laughs> no. uh, in your response. I don't think anyone gets an entry notice and goes, oh, yay, the yay. property manager's coming to look around. Please, come in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, common, common reasons for entering the property uh, would be First of all, a, a general inspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are some rules around general inspections and when they can happen in a in a tenancy. Uh, no more than uh, than every three months. Okay. Uh, but one of the, uh, I guess, one of the things that comes in with that is that the first one can happen at any time. Right. Uh, so we find we do get calls, for instance, that uh, oh, I've just moved into the house, uh, everything's in boxes, I've only been here three days and uh, there's an inspection uh, scheduled for oh. next week. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the, the key point to remember with these is that 
you know, potentially the property manager has a range of properties in that area yeah. that, that they will go and do the inspections on that day yeah. just because you've got an entry notice within like first couple of weeks of the, the tenancy doesn't mean that they're rushing to, to check up on you. Yeah. Uh, and it's also a good uh, opportunity to remind that uh, a tenant's obligation is to keep the property clean, mm. uh, not necessarily tidy yeah. doesn't mention tidy uh, in the act and also the, the property manager would uh, would hopefully take that into account that you haven't actually finished unpacking yet so it's not yeah. not necessarily going to look like a display home at that point and it's it's really nothing personal it's just a it's you know obligation um i do have one question on that though Sam. yeah do um property managers have to do inspections at all oh it's a, it's a really good uh, question and not they're not required to There's under no legislation. our legislation. No. Uh, you may look at, uh, at things potentially from the owner's point of view. Obviously, the owner wants to know that the property is being uh, well looked after, well mm-hmm. cared for, and then you may get things which are outside of, uh, of our scope, but potentially insurance uh, can become a factor Right. For that. So it's, uh, I guess, due diligence. Yeah. There's certainly not a requirement that they must come every three months. They can negotiate or, yeah. uh, or come less frequently, but they can't come more frequently. Gotcha. So what other uh, reasons would yeah. they enter the property? Well, and, and with the general inspection as well. So they need to give seven days notice yes. on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's to let the other party know that it's coming and mm-hmm. I think when we talk about entry notices, when we talked about what is an entry notice, uh, it's a really good method of having the other party not be surprised. Mm. Uh, so there's many instances that we get where people are surprised that someone has either come through the house uh, or surprised by someone while they're still in the house. And these are not good I've experiences. I've had that happen. Yeah, yeah. wow. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. other other reasons why uh, there may be entry required to the property mm-hmm. uh, may be to carry out uh, necessary repairs and maintenance. Yep. Uh, we're talking necessary repairs and maintenance. We do sometimes get uh, calls about entry where uh, it's more to do renovations, mm-hmm. uh, more to do sort of uh, adding uh, value to the property. Yep. These are situations where there would need to be a, a degree of negotiation. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's not a, a legislated uh, ability to come to the property to renovate. Mm-hmm. It's to do necessary repairs and maintenance. Okay, and they don't need to give any particular amount of notice for that kind of work, or uh, so again, they, they just to, negotiate. Yeah, well, for for uh, necessary repairs and maintenance, it's a twenty-four hour yep. notice. But again, these are these are minimums. Uh, if you know that repairs need to be done or these potentially are repairs that have been requested by the tenant, mm-hmm. having that clear communication as, uh, as soon as practicable uh, is a really good idea. Okay. So um, you get the entry notice. Are there any particular times that entry can take place? So if they're like, oh, we want to come Sunday morning, 6am, is that cool? <laughs> no. Not with me. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, they, they could probably come to my place at 6am on, on the morning and uh, it wouldn't be a really pleasant experience for anyone. <laughs> um, there are rules. Uh, these are documented on our mm-hmm. entry notice, which you can find on our website. Yep. Uh, a few rules. Uh, entry must be between 8am uh, and 6pm. Monday to Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, it can be outside those hours. So it could be on a Sunday or it could be a, a public holiday, but only if the tenant agrees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can come at 4am on Christmas morning if the if the tenant agrees to it. Wow. But uh, <laughs> without that clear 
agreement and I would suggest it's a good idea, good practice to get that agreement in writing Mm -hmm. through an email uh, potentially. But if you're not sure, sticking to those those rules on entry. So really, yeah, if it's outside of those standard uh, times, Make sure you got it in writing. Anything, anything that's outside of uh, standard uh, understandings and obligations, I would always recommend to get that in writing. Okay, so uh, when is an entry notice not required? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so it's not required uh, if it's an emergency. Yeah, obviously. And we want to make sure it's a legitimate <laughs> emergency. Yeah, uh, not that uh, the. The agents decided that the grass has grown too long, for instance, and that constitutes an emergency. We're yeah, no. <laughs> we're, we're looking about that sort of reasonable person. Uh, also, if the uh, property manager or owner believes that entry is necessary to protect the property from damage that's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, I guess, for instance, if there's something that they need to do uh, to do with uh, maybe an incoming storm, cyclone, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Uh, if the tenant verbally agrees with the entry, so mm-hmm. if they say, yep, sure, that's fine, feel free to come around any time today, yep. then an entry notice is not required. Uh, and also, uh, if it's carrying out site maintenance, mm-hmm. uh, if they're in a caravan park, um, but that needs to be specified in the uh, in the tenancy agreement. Right, okay. So, what if the tenant doesn't agree to entry to the property? Like, if you find yourself in this scenario, mm-hmm. what's the best course of action to take? Sure. So... As, uh, as with a lot of these issues, we tend to find that communication is the, the key point here mm. uh, and understanding uh, rights and obligations. So you've given the, the tenant an entry notice, let's say it's for general inspection. Um, the tenant says, no, I don't want you to enter. Yep. You, as a, as a uh, property manager, owner, you have the right to mm. enter, but communication is really going to be the key. So working out what the issue is, where's the where's the miscommunication or the misunderstanding uh is it that uh you know for instance the tenant uh says i don't want someone to come into my home while i'm not there mm-hmm. and you you get you know you can understand the sentiment there yeah uh but again there are rights and obligations and uh it might not always be the most comfortable situation for the tenant so having an awareness of that can really help with uh making uh these sort of reasons clear. Yeah. Uh, if you can't self-resolve, then there are options. So the RTA uh, has a dispute resolution service mm-hmm. that can try and help all parties reach the reach an agreement, and that that would be largely letting everyone know uh, what the obligations are and helping that communication process. Ultimately, though, uh, if we if we get to the point where we can't reach an agreement and the tenant won't allow. Uh, someone to come to the property, mm-hmm. you might need to uh, apply to a tribunal for a, for an order on entry. Yeah. And that'll make things really clear. Yeah. But we hope it wouldn't get to that. So um, I know when um, I I was renting a property, uh, quite often the inspections would be done when I wasn't there. Mm. Um, so we had an agreement that they could enter because they had a key to the property. Yep. They could just go in, do their inspection, off they go. Yep. Um, they'd usually leave a note yeah, to tell me what to and address. And that's good practice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at least uh, a business card is quite yeah. common that they'll just so that someone knows that they've uh, they've come through the property. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think um, usually you can reach an agreement of some sort, and I know it can be inconvenient, but I think, again, communicating is super important. Yep, absolutely. So... How do the rules change when it comes to uh, rooming accommodation entry? Sure. 
Okay. Rooming rooming accommodation uh, as a general rule, uh, you're looking at shorter time frames. Yeah. We're looking, for instance, the rooming accommodation provider uh, is able to enter at any time if the resident agrees, and that's Mm -hmm. similar to um, general tenancy. Uh, But the resident uh, is able to agree to the entry notice verbally or it might be specified in the actual agreement they've got uh, for example, if there's regular cleaning to be carried out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that should be specified in the agreement and made clear at the start. Uh, at all other times, so the, the provider has to give the resident a written notice, so on an entry notice. Um, they may put the entry notice up in the common area if they are going to enter more than one room on mm-hmm. the same day. So if there's uh, you know, six rooms, for instance, and they're going to do inspections on all of them then they just need to put the uh, the notice up for everyone to see yeah um the resident's not able to refuse access if the correct notice form and the time period has uh, has been provided so the details are on the form yeah uh, so on our form it's the r9 mm-hmm. um, the only time though that the provider can enter without an entry notice again some similarities here uh, or without the resident's agreement we're looking at in an emergency Uh, If they believe uh, that the resident has abandoned, so that's that they've permanently left without letting anyone know what they're doing, Mm -hmm. uh, their room, or if they need to do urgent repairs to the the property or a facility in the property. Right. So just to clarify as well, for those of us who don't know the difference between normal residential properties and rooming accommodation, Mm. do you want to explain that for us? Yeah, sure. Uh, So uh, general tenancy agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where we talk. You know, our terminology is uh, is tenant. Uh, they generally rent from a, an agent or a, an owner, yep. or landlord. Um, there's longer longer periods on that, and they rent the whole house. Yep. Uh, with rooming accommodation, it's uh, it's probably implied in the name a little bit, but <laughs> it's uh, it's to do with where you're renting uh, one room. Yep. There are requirements about the the number of rooms that are available for rent in the property. I won't mm-hmm. go into that too much, but if you're renting one room and there are other people who you possibly don't know or um, sort of you're not sharing the whole house, mm-hmm. uh, then that would be more commonly rooming accommodation. So an example of that could be a house that's split up into three little units per se kind of Yep, yeah, potentially, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you're if you're renting uh, a room, but you've got a uh, common room, sort of with uh, kitchen and and facilities right. and things like that, yeah, um, don't necessarily uh, have a connection with the other people. You just rent your room, yep. and then share the other facilities. Um, that's that's our rooming accommodation, right? Okay. So, what are some of the common scenarios where entry problems cannot be resolved between the tenant? And property manager. Where does it commonly go wrong? Okay, so commonly goes wrong, as always, when people <laughs> don't understand their obligations and, again, where the communication is, uh, is yeah. not good. So where we've got uh, barriers to communication, we find that there are uh, particularly challenges there. Um, some of the things that we'll hear, I suppose, as well, and it comes down to, uh, again, not necessarily either knowing the obligations or not following. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you might find uh, we we receive uh, calls uh, where an owner comes to the property repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about how often uh, general inspections can occur. Yep. Uh, we're talking about 
uh, repairs and maintenance, for instance, there's a 24-hour notice. But if you if you get a scenario where um, the owner is coming to the property or they're arranging tradespeople to come to the property and they're giving 24 hours notice each time but it's happening repeatedly over a fairly short period of time, mm-hmm. we, we talked about, or you mentioned at the start, about the tenant's quiet enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So the quiet enjoyment relates to the, the, the tenant is to uh, be given peace, comfort and relative privacy. Yep. So if, we're, if we're gonna get uh, to a situation where the tenant feels like there's always someone coming through the property, then you may be looking at that being as a, a breach of their quiet enjoyment. And that's, uh, that's sometimes where we see some issues. Yeah. So really, again, the the root of most of these issues is communication. Yeah, absolutely. And understanding. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one that uh, that comes up uh, quite frequently is to do with open homes. Mm. Uh, so open homes, and it's not uh, defined within the within the legislation as to what constitutes an open home, uh, but. Generally, you're looking at if, uh, you know, for argument's sake, it's a, a Saturday morning, mm. um, the property manager's there and the, the property's open for maybe an hour and anyone can sort of come in off the street or, yeah. uh, you know, you're getting multiple people coming through the property. Mm. We generally look at that as an open home. Mm-hmm. There are rules and requirements around that uh, and probably the key one on, on that is that to, to hold an open home, you need to get the tenant's uh, express written consent. Mm-hmm. So, and then again, making sure that that's very clear communication, but uh, more information on our website on that. Yeah, and open homes can be such a grey area, um, I think, uh, particularly if you know they're putting uh, property up for sale. Yep. Uh, and so you've got to have your entry notice, yep. one to let, let you know that that's going to happen and when. Yep. And there could be multiples of those in the one property. Yep, and it, and it can get uh, confusing to a degree as well yeah. when you've got a different agent. You might have a selling agent mm. that's different to your renting agent, but your uh, as a tenant, your relationship is with the renting agent. Sometimes the communication between the agencies and the owners is mm. not uh, not ideal. Yeah. Uh, but knowing that these can be challenging situations, I think, helps you to be prepared and to, to make sure that you're being really clear with your communication on that. And I just got one more question on open homes. Yep. Can you as a tenant be in the house during the open home? Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, there's not a requirement for you to you know, go and stand outside in shame <laughs> and stare at the fence. Um, there's, uh, there's certainly, there's always the ability to be present. Mm-hmm. Uh, common sense, again, if there's repairs being done as a side to an open home, uh, you're not standing there in the kitchen while they're replacing the oven, uh, <laughs> getting in the way maybe. But yep. um, there's not a, not a scenario with entry where the tenant is not allowed to be there. Okay, good to know. So, what if the property manager or owner can't gain entry to the property? What happens then? Okay, if if they can't gain entry to the property, so uh, for instance, uh, if the tenant is not allowing them to enter, mm-hmm. and we would never recommend, for instance, if you've uh, you've given the correct entry notice, you've gone to uh, gone to open the door, and the tenant's standing there with their arms crossed, saying, "You can't come in." Mm. Uh, don't push past. You yeah. know, we never we never want to get to a, a, a situation where you know, there's going to be sort of uh, physicality mm. involved. Um, you can remind the other party of their obligations. Uh, you can send them uh, information. You've given them the entry notice, but maybe sending them uh, further information, referring them through to the RTA website, making yep. sure that they understand the requirements, but also that 
if they don't allow entry or they are in breach of the agreement, mm -hmm. they can be issued with a, a breach notice. Um, and it could potentially, uh, again, result in needing to go to a tribunal and actually having an order made there which compels the, uh, the other party to allow entry. Yep. But again, we would hope that you'd be able to self-resolve before it got to that. Yeah. So in some instances, say say a tenant has just left the property and not let anyone know. Yep. Um, they can't be contacted for entry um, and there's just radio silence. Yep. Um, what can the property manager do? Yeah, so there is, uh, there is the ability and it, it comes down to when they reasonably believe that the premises has been abandoned and mm -hmm. that's, again, that's probably a separate uh, topic but yeah. uh, some of the things that they'd be looking for uh, would be attending the property. You might be talking to the neighbours. Have you mm. seen these guys? You know, the neighbour says, oh, yeah, they were. Uh, there was a big moving truck there uh, a week ago. We haven't seen them since. Property seems to be um, empty. Mm -hmm. uh, do they owe rent? Have they given any sort of communication? Is there a build-up of mail potentially at the property? Uh, there is the ability to issue an entry notice um, to determine whether the premises has been abandoned. Right. Um, and I guess that depends on the property and what you can maybe see from the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, but all of that information is on our, on our website and on our uh, um, it's abandonment termination notices that can then progress through uh, when in doubt. Again, we're looking at tribunals. Yeah. And I've got one last question for you, Sam. If... A properties, um, you know, if a tenant uh, is getting entry from a property manager or owner without the due notice and forms, yep, and it's happening a lot, yep, um, they don't really need to contact the police unless it's like they're being harmed, right? No, so it's uh, it's often a situation where uh, it's uh, they will try and I guess look for. What action can they take to stop this happening? Mm -hmm. We totally, we totally understand that. Um, obviously, I'm not going to say don't ever call any sort of emergency services. If you need to call them, yeah. then then go right ahead. But there are um, things that you can do within the legislation, within mm. your control as a tenant, and they can be things like uh, issuing a breach notice to the other party, mm -hmm. uh, informing them that they're actually in breach of the agreement for interfering with your uh, peace comfort and relative privacy, so that quiet enjoyment that we talked about. Yep. Uh, and the tenant is able to also apply to a tribunal. We talked a little bit in this uh, discussion about uh, if the owner can't gain entry, yep. but if the tenant feels that the uh, the other party is not following the rules of entry, they can apply to a tribunal as well. Yeah. So there's really a lot of rights and responsibilities on both sides. Yeah. And I think that's really important when it comes to the do's and don'ts of entry. Yep. Thank you so much for your assistance today, Sam. My pleasure. And if you want more information, head to our website, rta.qld.gov.au. Thank you for listening to the Talking Tenancies podcast. For more information about the Residential Tenancies Authority, visit rta.qld.gov.au.